<laughs> okay. So I'll just get back to the questions. How, does, how is Jesus the bread from heaven? What does it mean exactly? What does it mean to ingest the bread of heaven into ourselves? Why would we want to? How does eating this bread give us eternal life? How do we live into eternity in the here and now? And if you are what you eat, does feeding on Christ turn us into what C.S. Lewis called little Christs? And maybe the biggest question of all for us, if I claim to be a follower of Jesus, and I'm a good person, why do I still have this gnawing hunger inside of me? Why am I not satisfied with the bread of life in my life? What is this passage really saying? First, Jesus makes the first of his great I am statements. I am the bread of life. Jesus says he is the bread that came down from heaven. And the Judeans take exception to this claim to be from heaven. It might seem at first that they are misinterpreting the claim that Jesus makes. Until we realize that they are responding to a verse that we skipped. In verse 38, Jesus says, For I've come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. The, Judean, the Judeans aren't complaining so much about the bread of life identity. They're more focused that Jesus clearly says he comes from heaven, when they all know he comes from Nazareth. They know his parents and his grandparents. They don't need to ask who's your daddy. They know, except they say he's the son of Joseph because they do not realize he's the stepson of Joseph. So they grumble exactly the way the Israelites grumbled when Moses led them through the wilderness and they craved the food they'd left behind in Egypt. Jesus argues with their grumbling by explaining that it isn't his earthly family connections that matter. It's his relationship with the Father who draws believers to himself only through his Son. Only the Son knows the Father, but he will invite anyone who believes into the Father-Son relationship for eternity. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall not hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. This is the same use of I am that God declares in Exodus to Moses when Moses asks, who shall he tell the people has sent him? And God replies, tell them I am sent me to you. Jesus is telling them not only who he is, but what he has come to do for them. Jesus then responds to their comment about when their ancestors ate manna in the desert. He tells them their ancestors did eat manna from heaven, but still they died. Jesus then tells them, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give up so that the world may have life. The Hebrews ate manna from in the desert that sustained them for a day, and they eventually died. Jesus is offering bread that will sustain them and us for eternity, and they will never die. Manna came to sustain the Jews. Jesus, gave, Jesus came to give eternal life to everyone. Jesus realizes that the people, no, not the people, people like you and me, we want him to meet our physical needs, but not our spiritual needs. God uses our physical needs to deepen our spiritual life. Even the psalm today goes 
to God first for physical needs. He answered me and delivered me out of my terrors. I called in my affliction. The Lord heard me and saved me from my troubles. And then it ends in taste and see that the Lord is good. When people come into a jail or a hospital or a courtroom, they tend to be on the dirt floor basement of their soul. They are overcome with physical needs. They have spiritual needs too, but all they can think of is the, the, fear, the physical needs. And their, excuse me, their prayer is some variation of, Lord, help me. Some of you know that I'm the chaplain at the Brevard County Jail. The needs I'm most often asked to pray for are not about strengthening of their relationship with the great I am, with our Lord Jesus. No, it's, I have court on Thursday and I'm facing prison time, please pray for me. Or, nobody on the outside has money to put on the phone and I feel so alone. Or, DCF came to see me today, they took my kids into foster care and they may terminate my rights. Then weeping as the story is told of the pain in their broken life. It is in these conversations that I can begin to talk about Jesus and how he loves them and wants to feed them. Initially though, it's I need and I want. But that's just true of all of us. We pray our shopping list. Dear Lord, I need this and this and there's that. I prayed a long time for that, Lord. We often leave little time to recognize and worship the great I am. We just direct our wants. We don't see the bread of life, the sustainer of true life, to whom we pray. In our short-sightedness, we can't see eternity. We just see the need that is most urgent. I do pray with them in the jail and meet them where they are. But I also pray that they will hear his voice and follow the Lord where he leads, to be the person that God created them to be. It's hard to see their pain. And when they, when they rail at me, where was God when all this was happening to me? I tell them that God was there with them, and he was weeping too, because he is incredulous at the things we do to each other. The words of Eucharistic prayer C ring in my ears at these times. But we turned against you and betrayed your trust, and we turned against one another. But in the next paragraph, we acknowledge that he has sent his son to open for us a way of freedom and peace. As with David, the psalmist, and Jesus, even in our physical struggles and suffering, God still expects us to walk with him. And he holds us accountable to do so. God calls us to love him above physical relief and not just for it. He wants, us to be at the, he wants to be at the center of all we pursue today. In that same Eucharistic prayer, we acknowledge what he wants from us and what he has done to achieve it. Again and again, you call us to return. Through prophets and sages, you revealed your righteous law. And in the fullness of time, you sent your only son. So maybe all those questions we thought were important a minute ago can be boiled down to this. Is Jesus who he says he is? And if I'm still hungry, could it be that I haven't been eating the real bread? Methodist Bishop Will Williman, who currently teaches at Duke Divinity School, writes, 
Our hungers are so deep. We are dying of thirst. We are bundles of seemingly insatiable need, run, rushing here and there in a vain attempt to assuage our emptiness. Our culture is a vast supermarket of desire. Can it be that many of our desires are, in the eternal scheme of things, pointless? Might it be true that Christ is the bread we need, even though he is rarely the bread we seek? Why do we still hunger? How are we not satisfied? Could it be that we've not really ingested this living bread, but only tasted it? Could it be that we've not completely internalized Christ's sacrifice for us and made it the very center of ourselves? Have we held back from committing ourselves completely to Jesus? Has our love for him been superficial, limited to showing up on Sundays or helping with a project, but not really devoting ourselves to a life of following Jesus? It's kind of like when you go to one of those events and they have people walking around with, with trays of hors d'oeuvres and you have to kind of grab it as they go by. It doesn't really satisfy you the same as it does when they sit you down for a big meal and they keep bringing out the courses. Some of us are just kind of grabbing to get a taste of Jesus. And Jesus is inviting us to sit at the banquet. You are what you eat. If you get by on snacking on a few hymns on Sunday and nibbling a little Bible study on Wednesday night, you'll have barely consumed enough to keep your faith alive. But Jesus invites you to, to feast, to thrive, to grow in love of God and neighbor, to be transformed and transforming, to become a disciple who makes disciples, not by any effort of your own, but by the grace he pours out on you when you give him your all. You are what you eat. You become what you consume. In just a few minutes, we will come to the table to be fed. Take, eat. This is Christ's body given for you, that you might become Christ as someone else who hungers for God. Jesus is the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats of this bread will live forever. Christ gives his own life for the life of the world. He asks us to be like him and do the same thing, giving all that we are to him. Amen.